We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are going back and to the artifact known as Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider. Oh, why'd you say it so close together like that? Because <laughs> that's the title. Oh, I guess. And this is because the reboot um, now, what, 18 years after the original one, or 17 years if you're using people math, is coming out very soon. Oh, I thought it was because we wanted another time travel movie where someone's looking for their father, <laughs> and we were just double downing for Wrinkle in Time. You know what? We could have done that. We could have. Yeah. Um, but instead... We're gearing up for Ready Player One with a movie based off a video game. No, that's in a couple of weeks. Oh. <laughs> so enough banter. We're reviewing this movie. Uh, the one starring Angelina Jolie and not then Bond man, Daniel Craig. Yes, not then Bond man. Mm-hmm. That is his official uh, credit, actually. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is bizarre because it's like they just traded accents. <laughs> they really did. I'm going to be English and I'm going to be American. Who he am I? He sounded a lot like Harrison Ford. Can I just say <laughs> that? Maybe it's because Indiana Jones was already in my brain, but I felt like he was doing a Harrison Ford impression. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. So the plot of Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider is the story of Laura Croft or Lara, depending on where you're from. I say Lay Ray. Uh, <laughs> don't Lay Ray Croft. Tomb yep. b- b- Raider. Yeah, I watched this movie on Lay Ray. Yeah. It's She's a, a it's a lo-fi Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> you watch some of it and then you come back and watch the rest of it. Ah. Leia Ray. Leia Ray, there it is. Um, so she is off looking for the Triangle of Light, uh, which the Illuminati seeks to, you know, control time like they do. And she has until the planetary alignment to do so and has rival slash love interest Alex West, the most American name, uh, played by Daniel Craig, in her way. Now, this movie uh, is a historical movie, not only when it comes to action films uh, starring a female lead, but also um, video game films. Uh, So this movie is the most successful video game movie ever. It's... Just oh. of all the video game movies, that's including the greats like Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Mario Mario. Uh, <laughs> um, it even beat out Pokemon. Whoa, that is um, surprising. Pokemon, the first movie, it made $31 million. Hmm. Um, And this movie went on to do uh, just crazy well. Um, But before I get into that, I want to give a little bit of backstory to the video game. So this movie is based off of uh, a video game called Tomb Raider, and it stars Lara Croft. Uh, She's an adventurer archaeologist, and in most of the games, she travels around the world looking for something that has lots of traps in it, and she 
you know, you play as her getting through all the traps. Uh, it came out originally in 1996 and has sold millions of copies around the world and has appeared in almost every single gaming format since its inception in 96. What uh, about the TI-83 calculator? Hmm? Oh, actually? Technically a game. No. <laughs> See, um, you know that little raid function? Uh-huh. Tomb Raider. <gasps> Tomb Raider. Eh? Eh? Oh, I would love it if the male form of Tomb Raider was just a guy named Tom B. Raider. <laughs> People are like, well, it makes more sense when you see it written down. Funny you should mention that, Grayson. Actually, uh, in the video game, uh, Laura Croft was almost written originally written as a guy. So game designer Tony Gard went through a couple different versions of... Uh, the franchise's hero. The ty- the series was called Tomb Raider, not Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider, uh, but it was just called Tomb Raider. And so the earliest stages had the main character being a man. Um, but, you know, that's Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. And so um, Toby Gard and his team decided to make the protagonist a woman. Um, and originally the character's name was Lara Cruz. Um, but then, due to some partnering contributors, they said, make it a more UK-friendly name. And so, after a brief breeze through the phone book, they came up with the last name of Croft. So, that's where you came up with Lara Croft. So, again, this video game was a huge deal and was doing really well, especially in the late 90s. So, you know, come 2000, they decided to make a movie starring Angelina Jolie. And she decided that she would do the movie because she was taking notes from Adam Sandler. And she said, I'll do this film because of all the locations I get to go. And she just loved Cambodia. And that led her to help there with uh, cleaning up minefield Um cleanups um and that's also where she met and eventually adopted her first son maddox wow um so that's really um a pivotal you know role for you know her life um and the fun fact she actually did all her own bungee ballet that's Um, fun that's all her just you know she took her personal you know, bungee ballet set and say, hey, guys, can I just work this into the movie? They said, you can do whatever you want, Angelina Jolie. Um, and so this movie did really well. Like I said, uh, highest grossing action film with a woman in the lead. The second is Aliens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it really did just skyrocket her career when you think back when we did God in 60 seconds like yeah right. she's a prominent part in it but nowhere even close to what this is yeah um and and so it just catapulted her and not just because of the bungee cords <laughs> they helped though they did yeah, help, they help. Yeah. Uh, yeah no this really did launch her career as an action star domestically the movie made 131 million dollars worldwide it did 274 million and it it so and when it comes to video game adaptations the top five is tomb raider the angry birds movie is number two well time will tell (laughs) prince of persia the sands of time 
Pokemon the first movie and Mortal Kombat. And yeah, that doesn't even include the Resident Evil series or, you know, Street Fighter, Super Mario Brothers as well into the 20s. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, this is like a very pivotal uh, film. And it was a good time to be Angelina Jolie. And she gets to work with her dad. So that's fun. Aww. So this movie did so well because halfway watching through this movie, especially through the whole uh, bungee ballet scene, I was like, well, this needs to be a ride. At Universal, and it was so. Oh. In 2002, an attraction was opened at Paramount's King Island, um, then owned by Paramount. It's like a you know themed Tomb Raider ride. Um, this was the most expensive ride ever opened at the park. It was called Tomb Raider: colon, The Ride. It was basically a top spinning game, you know, like at amusement parks where you just like get in and just spin around. Yeah, that, that was it. Really? Yeah, it was, it was just a giant top spinning game. Um, so it was billed as a totally immersive dark ride adventure, um, and synchronized to the music score, um, from the movie to match up with the ride, uh, and basically asked riders to help her find and destroy the triangle. Uh, and so then the cute line for the ride featured the warrior monkey statues, um, the Brahma shrine from the movie, um, with using actual film props. And while the ride itself basically just put you through like some big final time wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing and they had lasers in there which uh, you know caused a lot of problems so it didn't really last long oh. um so uh, graduates of the James Cameron school of <laughs> theme park making will heed warning from the Simon West school of theme park making yes. <laughs> Do not fly too close to the sun and put yeah. lasers in your ride. Yep, just just a note. Um, it was yeah, it was changed in 2008 to a ride called The Crypt. Uh, no relation to Tales of, um, but that is the spinoff material from this movie. All right, now we're gonna go into our reactions. So, Grayson, when was the first time that you watched this movie? Last night. Oh, really? I had never seen this. I had seen the poster. Uh, so I had a lot of reactions. Like most of my notes were just reactions. Yeah. And, and I could sit here and try to, you know, spin them together in some meaningful way. But no, I'm just going to read them. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, stop hitting yourself with robot blade. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate how they didn't ruin the first scene with, like, talking. They just kind of let the action be. And that, I thought, was a really strong choice. And I was like, okay, all right. There's no, like, one-liners or anything. She's got a real Star-Lord vibe with the music. Uh, I thought that was cool. And then I was immediately pulled back into 2001 by the phrase, all nine planets. <laughs> oh, they don't know. They don't know they only have to wait for eight They've been waiting 5,000 years. <laughs> I really want the new Tomb Raider to be like, hey, so all nine planets. Mm, actually? I just want to see a, a real hard jump cut from someone saying all nine planets to Jorah from Game of Thrones, whatever his name was in this, uh, Manfred, the, oh, yeah. the main bad guy, um, just saying... 
My ignorance amuses me. <laughs> All nine planets, my ignorance amuses me. Yes. And I will say, they did say the phrase, you're the Tomb Raider, more than I okay. expected. Okay, yeah. Like, I felt, that's my, my only complaint of the movie is them trying to make fetch happen with Tomb Raider. Like, they made it sound like it was a position that people knew about, and I will have none of it. Yeah, it's like they're saying, well, you're my mechanic. You should fix the car. You're the Tomb Raider. Raid the tomb. What am I paying you for? <laughs> I task-rabbited you to come and raid this tomb. You're the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Just like, I'm not the Tomb Raider. You're the Tomb Raider. Didn't know that that was a position to be filled. Yeah. A misguided reaction I had was to the character of Bryce, the tech genius, um, who I watched the entire movie and started this episode thinking that it was Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, from Rogue One, Dark Knight oh. Rises. He's in Ready Player One coming up. I mean, the guy has an oh. ama- he's going to be in Captain Marvel. He's got an amazing resume. Um, instead, it was Noah Taylor, who also has an impressive resume and was born the same year, but is not the same person. They have very similar faces. They have very similar uh, like s- ways of speaking. They both kind of have the very this, this like distinct cadence and uh, whole time i was like wow ben mendelson <laughs> no so there i mean there is like a <laughs> there is like a um an article um in the uh, daily mail that says that like ben mendelson is often stopped for autographs but fans asking for them aren't always aware that the actor is not his doppelganger and fellow actor noah taylor <laughs> oh well good i'm not alone yeah felt like a dummy and like noah taylor has done a bunch of stuff like he was in almost famous uh he was in live die repeat or edge of tomorrow whenever you ended up seeing the movie um <laughs> life aquatic like he's he's done a bunch paddington 2 plays fibs oh. oh. i don't know how prominent a character it is because i didn't see paddington 2 but i hear great things but i'm i'm really happy to know that i'm not the only one that mistakes noah taylor for Ben Mendelsohn. The disturbing thing to me is I have seen Ben Mendelsohn with my eyes. I have stood nigh 50 feet from him, <laughs> and I still thought Noah Taylor was Ben Mendelsohn. <sighs> so it's those okay. were my reactions. Yeah. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. So my first time watching this movie, this is another one of those uh, summer movies that I watched quite a bit um, in my upbringing at the YMCA. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Another one of those movies. Um, We will have a VHS box set of just called The Summer Collection. All the movies I remember watching at the YMCA. We'll call it Uh, Ricky's Babysitters. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we watched this movie quite a bit. um, And it was one of those movies. I don't think anyone particularly, like, enjoyed it too much. Like, too terribly much. It wasn't, like how we felt when we watched Rush Hour. Like, people were, like, actively into the movie, like, quoting it, this, that, the other. But it was just, it's, it was the same kind of experience I had when I watched it, which was just, it's just visual popcorn. Um, it's just, like, you just just want to eat it up because it's just, like, there's so much ridiculous action happening just back to back. Like, that whole scene when, <laughs> when the people invade her home and 
she makes eye contact with this guy who's all geared up with a gun, green goggles. She just looks at him, just tilts her head, and just smiles and smirks, and then just starts taking out everyone. I'm like, yeah. yep, nope, this is, this is it. I know you're wearing Kevlar, and I'm in my gym jams, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah, and she, and just the, just her, yeah, that whole scene I think was just worth it alone, Um, but yeah, I remember watching it a lot, and uh, I remember specifically just like a bunch of uh, teenagers at the time just talking about like how hot um, Angelina Jolie was, and I don't think I was of the age to... uh, have those agreements or conversations with people uh, have those agreements <laughs> i'm not of age to have these agreements and a good day to you at the ymca <laughs> when i watched it this time i was really connected to the idea that like oh she is batman like she is like if bruce wayne were just re- like just she's literally just batman except instead of fighting crime She's a Tomb Raider. A Tomb Raider potentially for hire? It, like, not once did I see her ever go on an adventure that she was invited on. No, she really knows how to crash a tomb. Yeah. <laughs> tomb Crasher! <laughs> um, but, like, she was just, she just reminded me so much of, like, if Batman just is like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to go partying, traveling the world, and, like, not necessarily fight crime, but, like, I'm just gonna do what I want. Like I, I, I just don't think I ever connected to that um, before, and um, and it was fun. It was, that part I think was fun because anyone's response to someone invading their home and you, like while you're strapped to just a bungee ballet cord, and your response is to smile and slant your head, you're unhinged. Yeah, uh, you the jokes on you. I'm on the ceiling. <laughs> Like I, I was just like, oh, so she's a mad woman, uh, and, and that's it, that was just really fun to like see it through that lens because, like, just like at the end, like her responses to things was just great. I, I I particularly enjoyed that. Yeah, but I mean, overall, it was it was just I I would say it's just as entertaining as I watched it the first time uh, in the early two thousands. Um, it definitely wasn't like my favorite action film, but um, it definitely gave me um, a lot of material for head cannon, head cannon, head colon cannon. Um, is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, so my biggest piece of headcanon, um, is that Lara Croft is a mutant or some kind of, like, superhuman, because she, like, basically arm wrestled a robot. No human can do that. Like, she she said, like, the stop protocol, like, was the only thing that would have stopped that robot. But when the hands are coming out of the robot and, like, the, the, like pizza cutter <laughs> thank you the pizza cutter is just like zooming and like rearing at her face she's just like kind of like uh well i'll make you cut yourself i'm just like so she's just stronger than all these hydraulics okay great uh and then when the giant 
five-headed boss level like thing came to life yeah, and she jumped up and just kicked the big guillotine <laughs> just I know what I'll do force to <laughs> <laughs> To knock you... it into the thing. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay. Well, you learned that at Raider School? Yes, it's a very extensive program. <laughs> or else we become a Tomb Raider. Someday. Uh, yeah, no, it, right. Physics-wise, you try to kick that thing, you break your leg, you fall in the ravine, <laughs> movie over, go home. I like the idea that she's a mutant because... Of the scene where she's sitting in the temple and she has the gunshot wound. And then uh, he's like, check your bandage. And it's healed. And just imagining that she was already a mutant and would have healed anyway. And he was like, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my biggest piece of headcanon. Um, that or she's a robot. Real Terminator <laughs> colon Terminator situation. Ooh, Terma colon Raider. Oh, Lara Croft. Termerator Nader. <laughs> Headcanon. Uh, I believe that this is the second go around that Laura Croft has had uh, in this timeline. So she got the Triforce thing. She traveled <laughs> back in time. And that's why she ha- she doesn't remember, though. Like, there was something about when you travel, fur- like, the further back you go, the less real it becomes. Like, she was kind of outside of her body when she was talking to her dad. So if she went to, like, this medium-range thing, she would still be physically there but not have the memories. Um, so she's kind of sacrificing the, like, knowing what's going to come next. But she does have these, like, hunches and these inklings and... That's why she's she knows where the uh, like the eye is in the temple as opposed to being down on the floor because she's gone through this before. At no point did we see her like look up where that eye was in a book or anything like that or explain like, oh, the, these ancient tribes put this here instead like you get with Indiana Jones or something like that. Um, so I believe that she already went through it, which would explain why the weird ice girl uh just before the climax of the movie, it was she makes reference to her dad's like you're doing it for your dad or, or something like that, uh, and she was like, "How do you know my my father?" And I think they they explained it away, but I think she was there and talked to her, and for whatever reason, this girl can re- retain um, that timeline. And there's a thing with like these children throughout that I think are just shadows of the past or like manifestation of the previous timelines, and so that. Ultimately, she's gone through this before, and this is her second iteration. I mean, time travel's so cool. Uh, I was kind of bummed they only used it at the end, so I choose to believe that it's actually being used through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's time to go to the part of the show where we... Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the, oh, that was a trap. Nope. Sorry. I got got to go down this... Got to go down this tunnel. Oh, good. I made it. Now it's time you're for... the Tomb Raider. <laughs> I'm going to raid those tombs! <laughs> First rule of James Cameron and Simon West co-class of tomb raiding. You don't announce when you're raiding the tomb. You do it after. You say, I have raided your tomb. You just got tomb raided. Raid! And um... a good day to you at the YMCA. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Recast a rebate. Oh yes, you know I mean the movie is being you know remade today, but 
if the movie were to be remade today, you like this exact movie. Um, <laughs> who'd you cast, and what would the storyline be? Now, if I like storyline wise, if I were to redo this movie, the biggest thing I would change um, is the motivation. Um, though I think planetary destruction is, you know, as interesting as any Tomb Raiding adventure, um, I would have liked to see something that, um, was a little bit smaller scale, um, if that Hmm. makes sense. Like, if the Illuminati were trying to do something more on the scale of, like, Winter Soldier, like, hey, once we get this technology, we'll be able to exploit everyone um, or like change the world in like a large, like a smaller but larger scale, um, like uh, Logan with the corn syrup. Exactly. Yep. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just would like to see something uh, a little bit smaller scale, but just so that I could connect to the characters a little bit more. Um, hmm. Also, I would give Laura more of a. Um, I just want her to be more relatable. Um, like she's just like, all right, she's going on this adventure. I guess we are. We're going with her. Um, and it was like, yes, it was like her father's like kind of last will and testament. But beyond that, I didn't think that she was gonna stop anything. Like it just kind of seemed like she was like, you know what? I'm an adrenaline junkie. I just kind of want to do whatever I want. And if it sounds fun, I'll do it. Um, that's kind of like the feeling yeah. I got. Um, but yeah, casting wise, Evangeline Lily. Oh, yeah. So I didn't recast a ton of people. Um, I, I mostly did Laura Croft. I had Allison Brie. Um, oh, yeah. I think she'd be great. For Alex West, the Daniel Craig character, I had John Cena. Like, oh. just, just throw uh, Jay Cena in there and oh, yeah. see what happens. Um, couldn't hurt. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. Uh, for Manfred, Evil Face, Jorah, Mormont, um, I had Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. In a certain light, it looked like Michael Fassbender. I, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, finally, for Bryce, uh, the tech genius, I had uh, Noah Taylor. I think he Ooh. actually um, looks a lot like Ben Mendelsohn. He could probably play the role really well. I think he'd do great. You know what? I'm just guessing. He'd be awesome. <laughs> he'd be great. Uh, you actually made me think of someone. Um, you know who I think would actually be really good? Who actually is English, if I'm remembering correctly? Zoe Saldana. She's not. She's from New Jersey, which is like... The England <laughs> of the States. It's the England of America. <laughs> So, just a side note, she's in production and pre-production for Avatar 2 through 5. Welcome to the James Cameron School <laughs> of Not Letting Go. Never let go. I mean, he told us what he was going to do right there in Titanic. Never let go. Never you let go. You run the franchise. Run the franchise, build the ride. Write that down. You run the franchise, mm-hmm. right. build the ride. This is where my nemesis, Simon West, went wrong. <laughs> Right after his big laser debacle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Grayson. Now I'm going to use the Triforce of Time to go into our final segment of this oh. podcast, uh, where we give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Laura Croft colon Tomb Raider? 
It really is just a very fun action movie. Like we've done a couple of these and they hit in that like early 2000 range where it's just adrenaline and fun and like it's like Daredevil was that way. Gone in 60 seconds, very similar. Matrix even, uh, I would say, falls into that category. Um, It's just fun action. Uh, Am I going to rush out and watch Cradle of Life? No, probably not. But uh, (laughs) I... I enjoyed watching this movie. I am very glad that I watched this movie. Grayson, I would be remiss. I would be remiss in my duties as a podcast host and a haver of a segment called Head Cannon. Grayson, we have a movie that has Daniel Craig, and we don't have a single piece of Head Cannon that connects Laura Croft to being a 007 title. Hmm. Or more specifically, Tomb Raider being the 007 title. My headcanon is that Daniel Craig's character in the movie, uh, which was uh, Kevin American. (laughs) (laughs) His role as Kevin American was actually um, a training that he did to actually become 007. Because he was shadowing another 007, like shell company which is the tomb raider service like i think that tomb raider because they kept on saying it like it was a thing like i think that's the name of the organization of people who actually do this so i think that angelina jolie's laura croft um is one of the many tomb raiders and the next one even though her name's laura croft no relation it's a, it's like the continuing like the passing of the batons like as yeah. same way that like 007 is supposed to still be the same person um mm-hmm. i think it's just that title to fill or like yeah. the role that can be passed down to different people that's cool i love that it's like 007 raid another tomb exactly that's great you are no longer remiss <laughs> good i never get to ask you ricky Mm-hmm. Why would you recommend this movie? Man, I'd recommend this movie for my head cannon alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, if you look at this movie, I'm excited for the new movie as well because uh, from what I can tell, it's more of a Laura Croft Begins story. It's 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 before she has the mansion or the robots that she can easily handle. It's, oh. it's just her um, and her adventuring skills and survival and action all happening um for the first time for her so i'm excited to see that and kind of i think that these two movies will pair well together after you see like you see this movie and then you go back and watch the angelina jolie version you see oh like this character probably evolved to be this character because i think the backstory that i wanted i assume that they're probably going to fill in the new one so i I think it would be great especially if you really enjoy the new one and you're like i just can't get enough of tomb raiders and i want more and then you can watch laura croft um and then watch raiders of the lost ark um be very confused and then watch um the other one and be even more confused yeah a raiders game football (laughs) so that is our review of laura croft colon tomb raider 2001 edition let us know what you remember about tomb raider on twitter we are at flashback flicks and our twitter question of the week is man what would you raid as a tomb raider like if, if you could raid any tomb 
I feel like this is getting into criminal activity very quickly. Yeah. Well, I just realized this movie is a lot darker if it's called Laura Croft Grave Robber. <laughs> I'm not rooting for her at all. Oh. Um, actually, if you could travel anywhere in the world, like Angelina Jolie, she's like, hey, I'll only do this movie if I can travel anywhere in the world. Um, yeah. Where would be your demand destination? Yeah, what would be the like loose plot that takes place? <laughs> that, why do you have to go to this place? Yeah, like, man, I really need to go to Canada because there is a rare plant that grows there known as Plot Devicea. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Yeah, let us know all that on Twitter. And it would really help the show out if you could rate the tombs of the rating section on oh, Apple Podcasts. Tomb Rater. Oh, even better. Even better. Um, Yeah, on a scale of one to five raters, uh, how would you rate this podcast? Five being the best kind and one being the kind that has nine planets. Yeah, it's good. I like, I like it. <laughs> Good. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. We have to go forward. To next time here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast, we're going to review the Iron Maiden documentary all about how big of a band they became. I've always wondered. I mean, I, I hear about them. I see the shirts at Target. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I hear the mix-up. No, we're reviewing Iron Giant. Oh, do <laughs>